0: Welcome to the Kusafa Show with Mark Gleeson and Nick Sed.
1: Welcome to our fourth episode of the Kusafa Show. I'm Mark Gleeson. We have another stellar lineup for you, starting with the Zambia and Red Bull Salzburg midfielder, Enoch Mwepu, who describes just what it's like
2: to be playing a Champions League tie at Anfield, and which red shirt he got after the game. I'm Nick Said, and we'll also hear from Mamaloli Sundown's coach Pizzo Masamani on what it's been like to play football under COVID-19 conditions in South Africa. And Football Association of Malawi President Walter Niamalandu takes us through the latest from that country's attempt to restart their domestic game.
1: Our first guest this week is Enoch Mwepu, the Zambia international midfielder who's been excelling with Red Bull Salzburg in the Austrian Bundesliga, helping them to a hat-trick of championships. And since he moved the club, of course, in 2017, he featured in 36 games in all competitions for Salzburg this season, including starting both legs of the UEFA Champions League matches against Jürgen Klopp's Liverpool. Enoch, welcome. How would you sum up your 2019-2020 season?
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, it has, it was a great season for me. I think I did a lot of uh, things. I improved a lot, and I worked so hard that I uh, that I worked that I played a lot of games. Um, it's a season that i always uh, remember because uh, it was a season that we played the first Champions League for the club, and was, of course, for me as a player. So it was a great season that I participated in the Champions League and we won the championship and the OFP cup so it was a great great season for me.
1: And obviously as a young boy growing up in Zambia you would know a lot about English football. What was it like for you to go onto the field there at Anfield and 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 play against the mythical Reds of Liverpool?
0: Yeah, for me for me it was uh, it was a dream come true. I've always uh, been seeking from, for to have a chance to play at that stadium. And I hope that uh, in the coming future, I will have a chance to play with Liverpool because that's my dream team. So for me, it was, uh, it was everything that I've wanted in my football career. And going at, at, at that stadium, playing with those players, having the, the, the atmosphere, it, it was amazing. And I'm looking forward to have such kind of, uh, of atmosphere in my career.
1: And I suppose when you look at uh, Sadio Mane, he's had pretty much the same path that you are on at the moment. You know, he's also come yeah. through Salzburg. So that yeah. must be a big inspiration for
3: you.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. Sadio Mane has, has been an inspiration to me. Kate as well, Minamino also. So I'm looking forward to, to, to go through also to what they have passed through. I'm, I'm working extra hard that uh, one day, hopefully, I'm going to have a chance that uh, that I'll use the same route like Sergio Mane, Keita and Minamino to play for Liverpool. And which uh, which player's shirt did you get at the end of the game? <laughs> uh, I got for, for the captain, uh, Jordan Henderson. So it was it was nice. Yeah I, yeah, I have it now. So I always look at it, and and I just wish that one day I were gonna play with, alongside him. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic.
1: Now you've become yeah. a, a fixture in the in the Zambian in the senior national team. Of course, your new coach uh, Micho has been talking a lot about the influence that you can bring. The influence also of uh, of Patson Dhaka. Uh, yeah. they see you. They see you and Patson as sort of the the backbone of a new generation. But you had a tough start to the qualifiers. How confident are you that you can kind of take Zambia out of this sticky situation and still get to the finals in Cameroon?
0: Yeah, for me, I think what, what I believe in is always being positive and always working together as a team. They always say it's not, it's what matters most is not the, the start of the tournament, but it's how you end it. So we, we didn't start well here. Yeah? But we are positive that we're going to turn things around coming in the in the next game against uh, Botswana. We're going to take everything that we need to win this game. So we, we just have to play as a team, be, uh, be positive, and go with everything in that game, knowing that uh, we, we have nothing to lose. So we just have to give everything. And for sure, we, we believe in ourselves. We believe in our qualities. We believe in our young team. And now we believe in our coach. Because he wants us to win the game, so we'll be brave enough to go in that game and uh, get the three points. And that will build us for, for the rest of the games.
1: And then, obviously, the World Cup is not far away. You, you're in a in a group which I suppose you think you must have a good chance. I mean, Tunisia is a tough side, yeah. but I mean, Zambia is a good team as well. What, what are the chances of Enoch Mwepu lining up in Qatar 2022? Wow.
0: <laughs> I don't know how I can describe that feeling, but that is the feeling that I'm trying to work on really extra hard. And wow, (laughs) it's gonna be great. Yeah, we're gonna push hard. We're gonna work extra hard that we qualify for both Africa and the most important also the World Cup. So we have a big chance to, to qualify, but we just have to take each and every game as it comes and see how far we can go. But we are positive that we're gonna make it in both tournaments. Is is there
1: enough potential in the squad? I mean, you know, it's you. Everybody talks about you and about Patson. Uh, I mean, are there more players? You you obviously need more than just two special players to 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 qualify for the World Cup. Do you believe there's enough quality in the group?
0: Uh I think there's enough quality in the group. We have uh, also some other guys who are really doing fine, also in, here in Europe. Um, what I believe in is, uh, yeah, of course, people talk about me, talk about Patson, but. If we can have a lot of uh, other young players to come in, of course, uh, Fashion Sakala, we have Emmanuel Banda, to mention the few. We, I think, we have a good. We have a good team. We we are very young, but uh, we have good quality. We have good skills, and uh, we can we can show it. Of course, at the at the world. Uh, what the world map? So we are really positive that uh, the guys will come in well and support us as well, so that we we give our best as uh, in 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 the team. So I think we have a good quality, and if Coach Mitchell, of course, does brings in his tactical abilities, his system of play, I think we're gonna we're gonna be a good team to compete with uh, with big teams. And
1: then Enoch, you you set you seem to have settled so well and so quickly in Europe. Uh, I mean, was it easy for you? H- how did you make that transition? Uh, because looking from the outside, I mean, we look at you play and your success. You seem to have, have glided straight into the European scene without any hiccups whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I would say for me it wasn't uh, it wasn't that difficult because uh, I'm a player who's, who believes in myself. I am a player who really settles very well in everywhere I go and uh, I just want to like give my best in everything Um, I say I'm a good I'm a quick learner (laughs) in that way so yeah I would say the way that the food and stuffs were a bit difficult for me to 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 get in well but I managed to pull through that and when it comes to the game I just give my best in everything try to uh, try to 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 be part of the team, you know, not like uh, I just joined the team and stuff. So I just all the, all the time try to work extra hard and give my best for the team so that uh, I settle in well, pay attention to the language as well. So so that I'm not lost, you know, so I try my best to, to come in. Mm-hmm to come in fast and uh, be a part of the of the team so it wasn't that difficult for me to settle in Salzburg and,
1: and how much of it is mental i mean obviously you need talent and you need skill you need to have something on the field uh, for these european clubs to sign you but for young african players to find their way in europe how, how mentally tough do you need to be
0: i think for me what i've come to find out is that um, Every player who has the right mentality, they always succeed. So for me, I have the right mentality. I'm disciplined. I, I'm, I'm a professional player. So I have to have a good character. I have to have a good attitude, both on and off the pitch. So I think if many young African players have the right mentality to succeed, to push through, to work extra hard, I think everyone can make it. So I think this is one of the things that has helped me to settle here in Europe. and and also you maybe you need some luck and you need to uh, you need to to have talent as well you know so this is uh this is a great thing that most africans that uh, they need to succeed here in europe so i think the right mentality is the, way, is, the is the best key thing
1: and what's on, what's on your agenda for the for the season now i mean obviously salzburg are back in the champions league you're a dangerous team many teams are scared of you you do what are you guys looking to do um in Europe in the in particularly in the Champions League this coming season.
0: Are uh, we yeah we actually play in one game for the qualifying so that we qualify for the group stage. So what we are looking forward is to make sure that we win this game and uh, qualify in the group stage. We are we have a good team, we have a young team but very forceful of course. So we are just trying to do our best and qualify for the Champions League. We have won the championship our yeah here in Austria. So the big thing that you are looking for is to participate in the Champions League and of course that is what will make us players to be well known also and uh, be put on those elite players in uh, in, in Europe yeah
1: and of course here at Kosafa here we are obviously very proud of, of your achievement and we remember you from the 2016 under 20 championships when you were part of that winning side with Dhaka, with Fashion Sakala who you've mentioned Edward Chilufia was another good player how important yeah. was that tournament um, for you and then of course the subsequent run that you had when you won the African title you went to the 2017 World Cup how important was all of that in launching you as, as a player
0: oh uh, yeah I think that, that was the moment that, we, that I Stepped in well for the team, starting from the KOSAFA. I think we we had a good coach. We had a good uh, a good a good team. We worked so hard together, and our aim was just to win the tournament and go on and go on. And what what we planned, we achieved it. We we won the 2017 also Africa Cup, and then we also went to the World Cup. So we had a very good team, and we had goals for this team. And not just having goals for the team, we had goals for each individual player that uh, this is a moment that I can market myself to the world to in Europe, you know? So I think I did my part to help the team, of course, win the KOSAFA, win the Africa, Cup, and of course, qualify the team to the World Cup. So my main ambition was, this is a target that I can sell myself to Europe. And thank God that everything worked, worked well for me. And yeah, here I am. So it was a great opener for the Kosafa. It it's 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 a it's a it's a tournament that opened me in all fields. Agen started contacting me because they watched some games there. Mm. So it it's it's a it's a tournament that opened up everything uh, in my journey so far.
1: Well, we at Kosovo are obviously extremely proud and we follow you all the time. And we were very privileged to be able to talk to you tonight. So thank you so much for your time. And we we can only wish you the best. Hopefully this time you'll beat
0: Liverpool. Definitely. This time we're going to (laughs) beat Liverpool. (laughs) Former CAF coach of the year,
2: Pizzo Masamani, would likely never have dreamt that he would have to prepare his Mamelodi sundown side for a title run-in under such extreme conditions as a bio-bubble environment where players aren't even allowed to mark each other at training. But with the South African League having returned to play this past week, this is the reality. And Mossamani, who has admired the length and the breadth of the African continent, gave a fascinating insight into what it is like to train with strict COVID-19 restrictions.
4: you you got to understand how the football under COVID-19, how strange it is. We, we don't have team spirit in the camp because We're eating within two hours. This one pops in east, this one goes out. Sometimes you are alone in the dining hall and uh, where are your colleagues that you always eat with, you know? Can't make nice groups when you pray before the training sessions. It's a lot of things. uh, You can say I'm making, I'm saying a lot of excuses and I think you don't want to hear that. You can't complain about the number of games. Yeah, the the pecking order... Of the games is is uh it's a challenge because we have to finish quickly. You remember, and you have to play those games. And by the way, who, why are we complaining? Because vets got the same number of games uh, to play, you know. Um, and and the challenge is the net bank cup, funny, the net bank cup. So so it has uh, more games. Uh, I hear people saying no, but you you guys are used to playing so many games within that short space of time. Yes, and it's a good point. But we play those games with a base of three and a half, three and a half months before the, those games. We are playing regularly. But now we have three and a half months without playing football, and then you have that program. So let's see what's going to happen with the injuries. Let's see if, if, if the body is ready. So it's for us to make sure we manage the games, we manage injuries. So you can have, uh, You know, the, you know, I like to play the same team all the time. I don't think that thing will happen because I'm going to get injuries if I do that and um, it's going to affect all the other games behind because if you do that for three games in a row, you're going to have hamstrings, you're going to have groins, you're going to have all those things and and it's going to affect the next seven games that are, that are behind. So be very careful of what you do. So number of games is not a problem for, for us and vets because we have been doing that. Of course, uh, advantage for teams that are playing the league that I don't have the program that we have, they have an advantage. And also with less games than the league, so they have more rest, you know? So we are all well-rested teams uh, at this point in time. The way I interact with my players is not the same anymore. Uh, We don't have uh, meetings where we sit together and talk. We eat different times. You, You just pitch and eat and go to your room. Sometimes other players are getting... And, uh, they dish and then they ask the waiters to, to send food to their rooms so I can't talk about the mood I don't see my players we don't see each other you know and uh, you know normally players do well when they are sharing a room they talk now everybody's on his own room you know it's, uh, it's a it's, another, it's a football within COVID-19 so yeah I don't know the mood I see on training yeah on training I can see good but you know it's nice when they're laughing when they somebody scores or does or do something and they, they, hug, they hug each other or they go congratulate him, give him a nice high five, uh, the, the doctor tells us, hey, that you must stop. hey, observe protocols. When they change from techies to, to soccer boots, equidistant, everybody's got his own basket. I don't know if you've seen our baskets. Everybody's got its own baskets, you put your things in there, you've got your mask in there, you've got a, 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 the, the sanitizer there, you've got all your all your things that you need, uh, you've got your own towel you can share, you've got your own water, you've got your own um, energy replacements, drinks, it's, uh, yeah, the mood, yeah, let's see. I guess is for everybody, you know, in the PSL. If you observe the, the COVID-19 protocols, if you're not observing them, then those people are a happy go merry environment. They have more team spirit than us. But we worry about our players. We look after the health of our players. We don't want to be the first team to break out stories here. So we and we also respect government protocol and health protocol. At this point in time, normally I run the team, but in COVID-19. I'm no longer the steering. Eh? I take a back seat. Is the doctor? The doctor is the steering. He tells us everything. When do we train? How do we train? At one stage, I tried to the beginnings. You know, when we have those four uh, groups of fours and equidistant and uh, you can't you can't be together. If steps on the pitch, coach, please. I don't want this guy closer to this guy. Uh, please keep the space. I said, I said, how I'm gonna mark? If I want to show him that if the guy is marking you, you do this. He says, yeah, do it uh, with the distance. Everything happens under the head or under the umbrella of a football within COVID-19. What you used to do before uh, COVID-19 and it worked or whatever, it falls out because the program is different. Uh, The body is totally different. The mind. I don't know about their mind because some players have, have different mentality about playing football under this space. I think you you saw that uh, even other players in Europe uh, did not want to play. I mean, Conte, for example, uh, of Mazzola's team, um, decided that he's not coming back until uh, everything is right and everything is almost ready. So you there are players who are a little bit, you can see they might not want to talk, but Mentally, you know, do you, the guy sweating and, uh, you know, players spit on the pitch or whatever or sneeze or whatever, you know. How is my player going to react to to this kind of uh, situation? That I can't can confirm. Everything under COVID, I can't confirm. Uh, what I can confirm is probably how do you think we can play or whatever. But the other things around COVID, the mental strength, of the game under COVID, I don't know. I want to see also. We we will have an experience after this. Uh, uh, La Liga will tell you. Uh, Premier League, English Premier League will tell you. Syria will tell you. Those who continue them finish the games, uh, we, we don't have, we will talk after. I think we can talk a little bit after.
2: Mossamani also spoke about the rebuilding job that is currently underway at Sundowns, where he's trying to lower the average age of the squad with an eye on the next few years.
4: We're currently preparing the team uh, for future because we, 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 because of the age, age, age of the of, of most important players in the team, you know the, the Kekanas, the Nacimentos, the Hennison Yangos, uh, 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 the villas, you know uh, Langaman, you know we've got a lot of guys over 30 eh? and when it's over 30 we oh, are not getting younger and, and and there's nobody over 30 whom his speed is is getting, is improving nobody. You're just declining, you know. If I mean, you can't say also that you were as quick as you are when you were 19, 20, when you are 32. So, so that's the that's the that's the challenge we have at Mameluori Sundowns, you know. And these guys have won so many trophies uh, with me, and and they're important for the team. But what are you gonna do? when you can't deny, you can't work against time when time is 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 there. Is there? So we're trying to, to, to tap our resources at the MDC so that we bring up the players. And uh, and we have done that before. We've got Pessy, we've got Madisha, we've got Nkulisi, we've got um, Abraham, the goalkeeper, we've got Nicole Kubeni. we've got um, uh, um, Geletzo, um We've got, now we've got the two young stars, Promise and the uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, which is a bail, we call him Bale. Um, um, yeah, we've got about nine of those boys who are coming up, and um, and also it's important to give uh, um, to give uh, pro um, confidence to the youth to say you will you will play in in, uh, in the senior team from from the MDC. We so put Madisha, we put uh. I mean, um, Kulis was in the starting lineup in the cup final, so those those are the issues that we need to 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 show that we we believe in our youth. Our MDC team is giving us about nine players, and I think now as we are on the squad on the bubble, we have those eight players uh, and that. And then also, of course, is to make sure that even those we buy we we, we buy or we we outsource them from from other teams. Um, we make sure that uh, we need to be very careful with the age, okay. And then you maybe you might want to ask me what about Josh Malagoli? who's thirty, yeah. Special talent, special position. Uh, it does happen that uh, you can have sign a thirty-year-old, but the rest of the players that you we have and those we will announce later, the age group is below twenty-five. So Kapinga, all those boys. So yeah, that's the future. Trying to change the team slowly. The younger ones must learn from the senior team. Whilst the senior players are playing, we introduce them slowly and they gel with time. Like Madisha took over from, from Tabon Tete. Uh, 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 Pessi took over uh, when Leo left. Pesi was, Tao was there and he, he sustained it after Chigan left. Percy left. I mean, Kama left. So we're going slowly and we're doing it very, very nice.
2: Yeah, to look after the future of the club. Our next guest is a former Malawi international who quickly rose to become president of the country's football association and in 2018 was elected to the FIFA Council.
1: Walton Yamilandu has been in office at the Football Association of Malawi since 2004 and overseen a number of reforms within the organisation, as well as the development of the impressive Mpira village facility in Blantyre. It certainly is an honour to have you on the show, Walter. First of all, can you update us on how the COVID-19 epidemic has affected football operations in your country? And when do you expect to get your league up and running again?
3: Thanks, Mark, for this wonderful opportunity. Um, It's actually a very difficult situation now in Malawi. Due to the pandemic, uh, cases are rising. Malawi is experiencing its peak in the infection rate of COVID. The life is very tough. Uh, You have deaths all around. You have people sick. And um, the economic situation is also down. Um, Life is very bleak, I would say. So at the beginning of the year, um, Malawi government announced a state of disaster sometime in March, which led to closure our um, social gatherings. We ended up suspending football activities uh, for this reason. Uh, at that time, the season was about to start in March, and we couldn't start because of the announcement of a disaster. We suspended the opening of the season. We've been working towards uh, ensuring that the season must bounce back by August, September. That was our deadline. We developed a blueprint on how football can restart really safely. We've been engaging several stakeholders, sponsors, clubs, players, minister officials, minister of health, uh, with our blueprint to convince them that football can restart really safely. But unfortunately, as we're about to kick off the season, and get the green light from government, the rate of infection has now gone up. Uh, so we're still waiting to hear from the government on what's the way forward. Um, at this stage, there's no indoor football activity, no clubs are training, uh, no football markets are taking place. Uh, our office at the Football Association, people are working from home and uh, we're doing all our sessions online through virtual meetings. Um, at this stage, and uh, so it's not business as usual, and uh, uh, the game has changed completely. Life has changed completely, and we 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 are hoping that we'll get a green light for football to bounce back in September. That's our deadline. If we don't get a green light by for football to bounce back in September, then we're looking at football starting uh, next year, whereby we'll have lost the season 2020 completely. Um, of course, due to force majeure, it will be beyond uh, our control. Everybody will, will understand. And hopefully, we can just prepare for a new season next year. But yeah, we, we are one of the first football um, associations to come up with a relief plan to bail out our players that uh, normally survive or rely on football as a source of income. Uh, this is way before FIFA announced its relief program. So we said, OK, let's utilize monies from our operational funding. And, uh, and for our projects. So we set aside over 350,000 US dollars and uh, we said let's target the elite players and officials playing in our elite league. So we're supporting them with a the monthly stipend, uh, close to probably $50 per month, uh, up to 30, 30 players or 30 individuals per Uh that We started sometime in June. We also looked at the lower league, which is the district league. We have um, three regions in Malar, North, centre-south. They have regional leagues, and we're also supporting them. Uh, with a different form of um, relief support, we're providing them with food packs, with assorted food items, and so they get a pack on the monthly basis. But we also extended these programs to women. Was, wasn't just uh, names uh, we're also extend this program to women's football we're supporting the players and, and uh, officials and the clubs themselves because uh, the game of women's football is still at a uh, uh, growth stage in Malawi. so uh, we're looking at the, the individuals that are supporting the game of women's football and that program has been running up and running uh, for the last two months. We're now looking at phase two on how we can uh, 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 roll out support to a sector that we're not able to reach out, using the money that FIFA
1: has just released. So the consultations are underway at, at this stage, as we speak. Uh, Walter, let's move on to the national side. Um, are you happy with the progress of the Flames in recent years? And what are your prospects of qualifying for the next Cup of Nations?
3: Um, our progress uh, hasn't been great because we failed to qualify in the last tournament particularly the last Africa Cup of Nations. We didn't do very well. But uh, over last year, we built a new team. That did extremely well in Kosovo. They, they reached the finals and they've given us hope uh, for the future. Subsequent to which, we qualified for the World Cup preliminary round of matches. We are also in the Africa Cup Nations. So we're hoping to do well with the new crop that we've got. But um, our performance uh, over the last um, uh, for the five years hasn't been great, and we're now relying on the, on the new club players. We've been rebuilding the team uh, you know, for quite a long time, the likes of Gabby you know, and Gerard have come in, and they've given us a lot of hope that we have a, we've got a bright future.
1: Walter, can I ask you about your election to the FIFA Council? Um, obviously a wonderful achievement, and and you are sitting now at the highest table in world football. But how important do you think it is for people of your profile, in other words, ex-international footballers, to move into administration and to to take over the running of the game? And I ask this, of course, with uh, the fact that Didier Drogba will soon be challenging for election in his country himself. How important is it that ex-footballers get involved in the administration of the game?
3: Indeed. Uh, it's a great privilege for me to sit on the FIFA Council. Uh, I must thank the support that I received from members within Kosovo and Africa, the support that I received from CAF and FIFA. Um, my case is very unique because I played football from a tender age. I played for the national team. I played top-flight football. And uh, for somebody who has played football, to, to be involved, to be part and parcel of the decision-making process is very commendable. You know, because essentially it's rewarding for the investment you have made into the game for many years. I've invested all my life and time in football, you know, and um, to combine my administration experience and corporate executive experience with the FIFA Council just makes me a a fully rounded up leader. And uh, um, for people like us that have played for the national team, uh, it's a continuation of our career, you know. We want to continue imparting the knowledge that we have into the global football, you know, because we have the, the interest of the players at heart. We know suffering. We know what the players want. We know their needs very well. And it's always good to have a balance, a right balance. You know, you have you have corporate executives, you have administrators, but you want to have former players in there. You have a right balance and you're able to share, you know, the views on how we can develop the game of football at a lighter scale.
1: That's it then for another episode of the Kasafa Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back in a fortnight's time with
2: interviews from the leading protagonists in Southern African football. In the meantime, you can listen to more of our podcasts on Soccer La Duma Radio, Kasafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.kasafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Until we speak to you again, goodbye.